a white refrigerator. Girl, please put your shoes on. Let's go find you a home, honey. Ooh. Because I swear, they tried to kill your famous, your favorite bitch. And Tana always like, my man, my man, my man, my man. Bitch, your man left you for the hell. Oh, look at my African-American over here. Look at him. It's getting weird. You're listening to the Y'all Aren't Mad Enough About podcast with Antonio and Chai. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. How are you? How's your week been? It was, it was a week. It was fine, honestly. I didn't have too much work to do. Had a little interview, play some tennis, getting ready for the fall. What about you? It's good. I feel like we didn't talk much this week. I feel like you've been super busy. I think because last week I was in Miami. So yeah, I just got back. So Mm. my week's been chill, been at home. I actually got like, I drank too much yesterday. And you know that anxiety you get when you're like, oh God, and I haven't had it in a while. You know, when you're like that, like after drinking, like, oh God, what did I say? What did I do? Was I embarrassing? Like, <laughs> I haven't experienced that in a while. So like today has been like a real somber, like I always be like, child, you were fine. It's cool. But I still feel like this like weight of like, what did I say to people? Were you out and about? Yeah. So um, we first went to a friend that had a uh, home uh, birthday slash housewarming. Okay. Which that was fine. But then we went to my cousin's girlfriend's birthday party and like things went awry from there. First off, it's a pool party. So like, um, you know, being a mom, like the insecurities of like my body in a bathing suit, I already need to drink to feel comfortable. Mm. And I've just been super anxious about Cam having surgery on my, tomorrow. So I was like, like over drank, but it was fun. Well, I'm glad you had a good weekend. We're afraid that Kim will be fine because we know she will be. Um, so yeah, the I was I saw that you finally have started the anarchist. Yes. Um, so I did the first three episodes. I have to watch the next three episodes sometime this week. Um it's it's kind of it's really entertaining as a show um just because you have these very interesting characters who in some way i want to root for because like i kind of with them on the like man this that capitalist system sucks like this is some bullshit like but it's also like they have but points they have points but i don't want to jump to the full conclusion um i mean as idealists, I look at them and I'm kind of like, girl, whatever. Y'all talk about y'all wanted to be uh, libertarians and then just move to another city. Like, no, there's the government. My biggest issue. So we're discussing this HBO do- um, docu-series called, what is it called again? The Anarchist. You're right. Called The Anarchist. So a group of people, they move to Acapulco, Mexico and decide to, um, they're done with America. They're, you know, they want to be anarchists. They're anti-statist. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to move somewhere that's lawless. The problem is I had my biggest issue was when they were talking about I'm like, Mexico has a government and they kept being like, you know, we just want to go somewhere without a government. 
and we're anti-government yeah. but like mexico has a government <laughs> and it's and it's really bad when you consider like the jim jones who like went to went to latin america bought some land set up their own society like y'all didn't even try like you could have did that if you really wanted to like get out of here You're, there's some frauds there's some frauds <laughs> right so um what episode are you on i'm on episode three where the guy got shot john so is he just got shot at the end of the episode it's kind of expecting wild. that I did because John was not there. Like he, he didn't have confessional. And when they started talking about the um, the one guy selling drugs in the hotel and then the cartel almost got them, I was like, okay, I feel like this is about to get dangerous. So when they were talking about like, when I, I noticed John was missing, but like, I did not think dead. My mind went to like, obviously, you know, when you're watching a documentary, you don't see a talking head with someone like, you know, could also be in jail, be in I seen jail. I thought, you know, he went back yeah. to America and decided to just do his time, or I just I didn't see death, mm-hmm. which is like wild. Um, what's his girl's name? Anne. Was it Anne? Yeah. Um, I do like okay, so I like her, right? Because I, I will say for one thing is that she was true to her ideals. Yeah. Right? Um, They're stupid, but I like the like when they when John got shot and they shot the friend, like she didn't call the police. Okay. You know, like she was anti-status, like she yeah. really lives what she believes, even in the midst of crisis, which you can't say for a lot of the other people, right? Like, yeah. There's a lot of times where I was like, I don't hate these people, but I was like, I think I just don't hate them because I just I just don't agree with their politics but i'm like i mean if she believe it like you have right to believe that see this is my issue with the series is i feel like it didn't get enough into their politics right Mm. so it it left you able to like them because i do not doubt if they asked them what like this was filmed over covid yeah, they probably be like fuck that shit. I know they would like right, like they're you all. know these are anti-maskers. These are all like fuck Fauci, yeah. like you know I'm sure, right? But I feel like the documentary did them a service in not like really pushing them on any of their politics, mm-hmm. you know, any of yeah. their leanings because I'm sure like these people are super like anti-cancel culture. I mean, they're libertarians, right? They're, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I agree. It made it hard to not like to dislike them because I wasn't really pushed on their politics much. Um, but it was it was it was a good show. I, I'm excited to see what happens in the next. Yeah. Week. So what I enjoy the most about it is that the fact that um, you see people really suffer the consequences of their own actions. Yes. Right. Like this doesn't end up well for anyone. And okay, I, I'm excited to see that. And rest. I do like that, right? Like you're truly seeing like this is the issue with idealism. Like, you know, in theory, yeah, you can feel this way and be like, oh, we don't need these things, but no one is left unscathed in this. And I, I like that. So yeah, like um uh, so I've been listening to this book um gosh uh i'm glad my mom is dead okay and the the girl from my carly yes which you should definitely like do it and get it on audible like i'm very much uh 
I like a physical book, mm-hmm. but when it comes to like memoirs, especially celebrity memoirs, like I do really enjoy like that's what I, I take to Audible. Like I like an audiobook because you're hearing the voice. Yeah. Um Nickelodeon needs to pay for its crimes. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Dan Schneider. So Dan Schneider was a, a pretty big producer uh, for Nickelodeon. He did iCarly. I feel like the Amanda show. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of big Nickelodeon shows, right? Right. And so I'm very much like, I follow blind items, you know, and I very much, um, this podcast, Beyond the Blinds, with Troy and Kelly, they talk about a lot about Nickelodeon, right? That's a, there's been a lot in the blind items about the abuse that happened on those shows, like from Jamie. Sp- it's even been rumored for a long time that people say that Dan Schneider is the father of Jamie Spears's kid. Oh, wow. Right. Um, I don't know that that's true, but, you know, these rumors have been out there for a long time. And I haven't listened to it, but people do say like Jeanette McCurdy, that's who wrote the book. I'm, I'm glad my mom is dead. She, her podcast, she does talk about the abuse. And we do talk about the fact that like Nickelodeon did try to shut her up. So mm-hmm. Nickelodeon was definitely aware of Dan Schneider being abusive. Yeah. Like Dan Schneider was the showrunner on a lot of these shows, the creator of a lot of these shows and Nickelodeon kept their ties with him for a long time, even though they had been told he was abusing children on these shows. Yeah, and then you have all these videos of them, people, the girls like Ariana Grande, almost like foot fetish videos. Oh, so the thing with the feet, right? I was watching... um, this I follow this YouTube channel that sometimes I'm embarrassed because I'm like really into it. It's I think it's called Deep Dive. Okay. And they did one on um Dan Schneider and they show all the foot fetish references in the Nickelodeon shows. And it's sick when you like put it all back to back and you're watching it, you're like, yo, like there was a lot of foot stuff happening on that on <laughs> that network. Oh. Not the foot fetish agenda. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to indoctrinate us in the feet. Right, so like, we didn't I, even know it. <laughs> like, I hate to kink shame, but like, the feet one is one I cannot understand. Like, people being into feet is just like. It's like, part of me is like, this is inappropriate to show kids. And part of me is like, I mean, but they do need to understand differences and <laughs> <laughs> <In> attraction. <laughs> <laughs> for me though like I always think about like every person that I've ever met that has been into feet has been like a sinister individual right okay. so it's been um and there's not many right I think about there's this guy I know you don't follow um a lot of the Bravo shows Vanderpump Rules there's this guy Jax Taylor he's into feet he is definitely a sociopath and a horrible human being He's into feet. Um, had an ex-boyfriend once into feet. Definitely evil. <laughs> I'm not gonna go as far as sociopath, but he was a little evil. <laughs> you have Dan Schneider into feet evil. 
and a pedophile and definitely a sinister individual. I just feel like there's something there. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, it's just it's just crazy how Hollywood really protects these people. And for so long, it's just so like. And see, I get nervous, right? Like even discussing these things and even yeah. buying into because it, it feels very much like you're you like very quickly you enter QAnon territory. Q. <laughs> very quickly, right? Like <laughs> if you just like do like you're two Google searches away, right? If you start trying to look into any of this. So I very much like even as like I see the blind items, I believe it, like you know. Yeah. You know, Jeffrey Epstein is a thing. Like, I get all of that. Um, but I do get really nervous because I'm like, I don't want to look into this too much because I don't want to get radicalized. And, like, <laughs> and now I'm like a whole ass cue bitch. Like, I'm not. <laughs> Especially because I feel like Q was really smart to attach themselves to um, children's issue yeah. right like we're protecting children right these hollywood yeah. elitists they're exploiting children they rape children they're, you know like who's gonna say no to that well we need to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this right but they're really smart about that and i feel like i'm like if i do too much research like i will start to like feed into it before yeah. you know yeah. it i'm gonna be on 4chan like screaming about how um that <laughs> I'm going to pull up to that pizza place with a gun, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, since we're already on the topic of radicalization, we might as well just talk about talk about your boy who got deplatformed, Andrew Tate. Please. All right, let's talk about it. So my thing with Andrew Tate, like I've already discussed a lot about how like I feel, you know, we've talked so much about this. Like I'm very nervous about how regressive we get we're getting as a society like that's pretty much like the genesis of this podcast right was like us yeah. being upset about the fact that like wow we're really regressing and i feel like people are not taking it seriously and people aren't mad enough about where we're heading yeah and andrew tate is a perfect example of that like my fears like manifested because obviously the manosphere manosphere is trash but the fact that andrew tate specifically targets children yeah is really scary yeah. yeah i i was kind of introduced to andrew tate who it was i was watching a tiktok and a woman was basically saying if you have little boys who are on the internet you need to like watch them like the youtube tiktok it is very easy for people to get radicalized and they were she was saying how her son had went on to youtube and was looking at roblox and within like she went away for 15 minutes came back and he was listening to an Andrew Tate video. And he was like, oh, I just let it keep playing. And it just got here. And so I never actually listened to any of his content. I just listened to it for this episode. And I I, mean, I know this isn't really like a criticism, but I just feel like sometimes we need to say these things. Um, he's an idiot. And a whole like, loser. He is so stupid and a loser. Like, he is an idiot. Like, only children would look at that man in any type of reference. She is a loser. So I have this conversation with my husband all the time where he, he to me is just like, okay, but like only an idiot would listen to this, right? Like, cause I very much like, I talk a lot about how I'm like, oh no, this is like dangerous and I'm getting scared. And he very much is like, I think you might be like overreacting a bit. Like, this is stupid. Who listens to this and actually cares? And I'm like, children. 
Yeah. Right? Like he, the new crop, not only children, but there's also just like a level of like, whenever you're in times of economic insecurity, mm-hmm. right? Like people are extra susceptible to this, yeah. push, right? And he's speaking to them on a level where it's like, you know, you want to be upset. So let's be mad at women. But are you familiar with Hustler University? No. Okay, so this is how Andrew Tate was able to make himself so popular. So he has it basically like he's he's a full-on scammer, right? Mm-hmm. So he has this thing called Hustler University where it's $50 a month, right? And like he's sending out his stupid videos and people are signing up and they make a point to say, don't worry if you're not 18 yet. Many of our people of our um students are under 18 because you don't need to be an adult to most of our like what we're promoting is freelance work and you can be under 18 and do freelance work so most of the things he talks about on his hustler university is like crypto stuff him Mm -hmm. lying about being a trillionaire which is absurd because there are no trillionaires yeah right but only a child would believe him so it's a lot of him lying about being a trillionaire. He does also lie about being in Mensa and a genius. And if you've read anything he's written, you know that absolutely nowhere near a genius. Yeah. So, and then they incentivize you posting his videos on other platforms, which is actually a really smart like business plan, right? Like you targeted children, we're already susceptible. And then you force those children to now do your bidding, right? Like it's, a, it's an A plus scam. I'll give them that. Right. They're disseminating your stuff all over the place, right? It's why, like, no matter how much Andrew Tate is banned, now his content is all over the place because Hustler University incentivized all his like his students reposting his videos on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So that is genius. Yeah, I would say the one thing that stood out with him compared to like um Kevin Samuels is that I didn't think Kevin Samuels was an idiot he just came off as top off as a scammer yeah Tate just came off as an idiot but he also came off as someone very much trying to appeal to a 14 year old because like no adult is going to listen to the man and be like yeah right so Andrew Tate is also like the main difference between him and Kevin Samuels is that Andrew Tate, like Kevin Samuels is, um, Andrew Tate full on advocates for violence against women. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. amazing, right? Like Kevin Samuels, like the rhetoric, right? And the ideology that you're promoting, it does, like it leads to violence against women, right? But yeah. he is never straight up advocating for it. Yeah. Andrew Tate in several videos I've seen full on says that men should exercise physical violence against women in relationships. Yeah. Right? Men own women. Like the rhetoric is scary dangerous. It's not like at all. And then the fact that like it's targeted to children. Yeah. That's really scary, you know? Yeah. Did you see the video of him like um whipping his girlfriend, beating his w- girlfriend with the belt? No. 
I'll send it to you. It's awful. And this is the problem I have is that like, so people have, have been, she did make a video saying that it was consensual, but no girl, I don't care. Right. Like, yeah. so in the video, he's like whipping her with the belt and yelling at her, talking about like, don't text other guys. You should never be met not texting messaging other guys and i don't know the context of what was going on in the situation but it seems to be that she was like messaging and he's hitting her with the belt and it is horrific like it's hard to watch like, i couldn't even watch the whole thing it's, oh yeah it's wow it's all over twitter like is that, is that why he got banned why because i was gonna ask how why did he actually get deplatformed? the he advocated for violence it it's i'm not sure it's that specific video of the yeah. thing but it he was like because he is advocating for violence and then and, go ahead i was listening to some like on some tiktok guys defending him and they're like it's a joke it's a joke i'm like i don't but what's the punchline where is it where's the funny <laughs> where's the punchline Right. He, he, he's not even articulate enough to get out of joke. What is the, like, what's the punchline? So I was listening to one of the guys, because, you know, how he came into um, public consciousness is by way of Big Brother. He was on UK Big Brother. No. And I'm actually oh, curious. this all makes sense now. Yeah, I'm actually curious to go back and see, but I know that, like, there was some scandal, and he, like, was forced, like, he... Um, got kicked off the show, I believe. Mm. And I need to go back and look at it because I am curious to now want to watch what his episode was like, what his um, what the episodes with him in them were like, because he did. There was a contestant that was on Big Brother with him that came out and was just like, "Yeah, like all of this makes sense. He is crazy mm. and deeply unwell." And even like I was listening to um podcast where someone they were reading his, they found his old like live journal entries mm. or no, his Tumblr. Okay. And there was a post of him talking about how his dad, um he was raised by his mom, but his dad came in the picture and his dad was just like disgusted by the way his mom was raising him and basically was like, Your mom's raising a bitch. And very much like detailed um, what most normal people would very much consider abuse. Mm -hmm. And, but the way he like was talking about his dad was like, his dad was right. And even at the, his big ass age, like still couldn't see, you know, the fact that your dad abandoned your, your abandoned you and then came back with criticism on the way your mom was raising you. And, and no, nowhere did dot one and two connect <laughs> at no point did that one and two con the, the woman been raised you her whole life some man you don't know you don't know him like period you do not know him came in and said your mom raised you right and you thought damn he's right and not only that from there picked up a hatred for his damn mom <laughs> it's you not know, funny it's really sad but you know honestly with this andrew tate thing you know my brother and my dad have been kind of swept into the kevin samuels my dad my brother's trying to move out of my mom's house and my mom's like don't do that you can save money and get like a house and he's like i gotta get out of the house because i gotta be a man and a man shouldn't be with his mom my mom's like it's that kevin samuels shit 
So we we've talked about this. Like I have watched my brother be radicalized into this bullshit, you know, and it is like it does. And I feel like that's probably one of the reasons why, like, I take it so seriously. And I'm like, no, like you guys, like we need to be concerned. Right. Because I'm watching people like I grew up in a house with a father. Yeah. You know, our dad was present. Our dad is still present, you know, but somehow like, you know, my brother decided like Kevin Samuels was talking the shit he wanted to hear. And I see the rhetoric of like the manosphere nonsense. I see it in the, in every aspect of his life now. And it's scary. Yeah. It's very, yeah, it's very scary. And so much of it, it, it's just nonsense, but uh, like Tucker Carlson, like obviously, like did you see any of the clips of the interview with Andrew Tate? Andrew Tate and had a Tucker Carlson interview two days oh, ago. Oh, this man about to blow up. He's already blown up, and this is and this is what is frustrating me is that he's position. It's like the anti cancel culture yeah. nonsense where we're just in like. The right has decided to just engulf any degenerate, awful human being that people like before as a society, we could deem people as like, oh, this is unacceptable. Yeah. Right. But we've gotten to this place where like the right has decided that we're just going to like, you know, embrace whatever for the sake yeah. of we're being anti cancel culture. We're anti woke. Yeah. So yeah, he was doing an interview on Tucker Carlson, and I'm just like, it's over. And we can't get rid of them. We got lucky with Kevin Samuels getting, and I now we got Andrew Pop, take on pop up. Come on now. I literally retweeted the clip of Tucker Carlson like promoting the interview with um, headed to the post office to mail Andrew Tate some Red Bull and a. Uh, a 30-year-old nurse, a plus-size 30-year-old nurse. I'm sure he already has the Viagra in his system. What? Because you know that's what killed uh, Kevin Samuel. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> the lethal combination of Red Bull, Viagra, and a 30-year-old plus-size nurse. Somebody needs to get that over to Andrew Tate stat. Speaking Can I read you an Andrew Tate quote? Okay, go on. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Read me Andrew quote. This is going to make you laugh. This is him um, raging against breakfast. I don't have food in the morning. I don't like the idea of breakfast. Waking up from sleep with instantly available food that you didn't have to hunt and kill. Breakfast breeds arrogance and laziness. I will not eat until that work has been done. So there we go with like how cartoonishly stupid everything about him is. Yeah. You know, I will say this. With, with recently with the manosphere, like seeing it, it's rise, the one thing it, it's given me, and I, I hate the I hate to joke about this because I know this is a serious, serious issue in our community. But um, I've never been so glad I was gay. I have never been so glad I was gay. Because I'm like, baby, it looks so ghetto to be straight right now. Watching from the outside, I'm like, oh my God, like this is wild. Okay, 
the dating the straight dating pool is in shambles baby when i tell you every tiktok live that has black people on it is talking about relationships oh my god i want relationships to get to, to release y'all from his chokehold there are other things happening in this world like y'all cannot be this press <laughs> <laughs> it is embarrassing <laughs> Okay, so it was us. Like we were talking about, we we're like, do white people talk about relationships this much? I don't think they do, baby. I swear, the way it seems on TikTok, anyone between the ages of nineteen and twenty nine <laughs> is just actively looking to date and just consistently is having baby mama drama. But the thing is, it's Ooh. not. It's not just TikTok, right? Like it's every social media. Bar. It's the yeah. only thing. It has created a new like, e like economy of jobs for black content creators right like yes you have the manosphere causing disgusting relationships you have the femininity coaches the freaking relationship experts who are somehow all single which is like Never. we do need to discuss who we're taking advice from but like you understand like my husband io is forever thank you like some shit will happen you'll be like girl thank you for getting me out of this shit like it like seriously <laughs> the dating scene is it it's is shambles it is shambles man yeah i'm just like oh this is this is this looks exhausting hey, speaking of the damn dating scene can we talk about nick cannon and his a thousand children so nick and cannon recently just announced his 10th child Okay, you said 10, but I saw something that said that seemed like 12 or 13 because the one girl who had not had the children said it's going to be multiple. So it's Wait, so is it, was this his 10th baby mama? I'm not sure. It was like with her, it would be like closer to 13 kids. Because she's, she's going to have two or three. And how is this allowed? Right, we're here in the like in a post literally like um Roe v. Wade um world where we're policing women's uteruses and nobody's talking about the fact that like well people are talking about it, but it's a joke, right? Like people aren't angry about the fact that like Nick Cannon is purposefully creating broken homes all over the place, right? Yeah, and I'm not even trying to come from the place of like you know, like um, where people try to shame women for being single moms, right? Mm -hmm. I'm speaking directly to the people who talk shit about women and black women being single moms and child support and women having children, but nobody's complaining about the fact, and also people who are homophobic, right? Who talk about like, you know, gay people and the sanctity of the black family and this and that. But you're very much okay with the fact that like Nick Cannon is creating purposely creating single mothers all over the place. Mm -hmm. No matter how much money you have, it does not substitute parenting. It just does yeah. not. Like you can have like there's no everyone still has the same 24 hours in the day. So you're already guaranteeing he's gonna be an absentee father, and you guys are okay with that. Let me tell you one thing. I'm, I'm gonna say it. I have realized that for whatever reason, a lot of people, it's not just black people, a lot of people 
do not know what good parenting is. That part. Because motherfuckers will literally, I, I get so tired of this. The shade room will post a picture of a rapper buying his child some Jordans and will be like, thoughts and people be like, oh my God, he's such a good dad. It's so good to see he and his son life because a nigga bought Jordan. They literally will sit here and argue, Nick Cannon can have all his kids, he got the money and that and that's enough of parenting. Because that's all parenting is, is right in the chat. It's, it's depressing to think about. Like, it is so sad to think about. Like, he truly can only be a FaceTime dad. Yeah. That's it. Like, you cannot, like, skip from home to home. Like, it's just not. Like, And if you think he's going to eat, have equal time seeing all those kids, he's not. And, like, I'm going to shake the table. And I know that this is, like, uh, every time I say it, people get upset. But I'm just fully saying it. Um, you cannot be a good parent to children you do not live with. I'm sorry. Right? You can do the best you can right? Circumstances prevent people, you know what I mean, from being, it may not be your fault, you know, I'm not someone like, I don't think you need to marry everybody, just because you got someone pregnant, you need to marry them and live with them or be in a relationship, because someone, but I am going to still stand by the fact that I do not think you could be a good parent to a child you don't live with, right? Like, you see them once a week, right? Like, how much parenting is going on? Yeah. Oh, spend the weekend with you. I'm sorry. Like you just can't be a good parent. And you also get your child at a different time period. They see you on the weekend. It's fun. Right. You're not dealing with the hard stuff. Your kid, you, you are a novelty in your kid's life, right? They're excited. Yeah. They get to see daddy for three days. Oh my God, you're spending three days at daddy's house. It's a different behavior than when they're at their home. I just do not think you cannot, you can't call yourself a good parent to someone and you don't live with them full time. It just is what it is. So I did see, um, someone was saying that the reason Nick Cannon is having all these kids is for stem cells to treat his lupus. And it was the first time something made kind of sense to me. That is wild. It is insane that is absolutely insane unethical like a million reasons but i do think like huh maybe that's wild i just can't even i just that was that's so like evil character from a disney movie <laughs> like i don't know because i'm like okay so i think it is more so like um you know there's a lot to do with like um the cord right it has a mm -hmm. lot of stem cells right so i'm like maybe he's just collecting all the cords from these kids and for stem cell therapy to treat his lupus which is horrible because you shouldn't just be bringing a bunch of kids like into the world yeah this. but i'm like it does make sense i'm like okay is this what the reason is because i don't understand why are you doing this why are you just having a bunch of kids it's also like, why are you embarrassing Mariah Carey like this? Like, now you Oof. got her wrapped up in this ghetto bullshit. Like, Oof. her children have eight siblings. Like, yeah, that's crazy. 
a whole ass Mariah Carey. You got her wrapped up in this. Like, I wonder if, um, what is it, Moroccan and Moreau? Like, if they're even allowed to like associate with those. Other <laughs> like, do those other children get a birthday invite? <laughs> Doubtful. <laughs> Doubtful. And I don't blame her. She's Mariah Carey. Like, I don't she know. Have to deal with this ghetto shit, like. He's you, a mess. You got every light-skinned, wilded-out girl impregnated, and now I'm supposed to, what, hang out with them? No. But maybe he's also into this breeder thing like Elon Musk. Maybe that's Nick Cannon, his MO. I hate Elon Musk. You know I can't stand that man. If I if there was ever somebody I would see out in public and throw a rocket at his head. Like, I cannot stand him so much. It's the manosphere of it. He is, I can't stand that man. Right, because he okay, so he's at the center of everything I see as an issue right now, right? Like, um, the most annoying thing about like sh- straight male culture right now, the man is crypto, Elon Musk mm. at the center of it, you know what I mean? Like, they love an Elon Musk motivational tweet, yeah, right? Like, that, like, so much of my hatred for Elon Musk is the people, the type of people who are empowered by him, yeah. Right? It's not even him. It's like, I hate the people who like him. I, so Elon Musk has this, he's been recorded saying this many times, like he's to populate the earth or we need to get maybe automation together because earth is dying because we're not having many kids. And this is, this is something that really just to my core, I have to learn to accept about people is that people will hear someone say something and will just never fact check it. Yeah. <laughs> for anyone who, for anybody who is who is unsure, that is a lie. The world population is not shrinking. The world population is actually growing. It's actually a problem. We're actually growing too much. We hit 8 million in November. Uh, 8 billion in November. Wow. We're the largest we've ever yeah. been. And we're expected in the next 10, 20 years to be 10 billion. We're not decreasing. Right. What what is the racist part of what he is saying and what people are saying when like we need we need to be um populated because we're depopulated is that where population is growing is in the South, in Latin America, in Africa. They're having tons of children. Right. It's just in developed nations in the West where people are having way less kids. Right. And, and that's I, where, like, the replacement theory uh, far right, that's their fears, that they're being replaced, which, yeah, developing nations are not having as many kids because right. capitalism has gone awry. Right. And this is my this is my biggest issue with it, right, is that I understand, right? Like, I'm not, like, unrealistic in the idea that I get that, like, there, we are heading towards an issue with population. Yeah. In America, right? We're heading towards an issue when it comes to like our labor force. Yeah. The problem is that like we're all coming to weirdo solutions, right? The yeah. right has decided that we're gonna like force women, like let's get rid of Roe v. Wade, let's force women to start mm-hmm. having children, right? When there are a lot, like people are telling you the reasons why, right? They're not having children. Millennials, we need a better economy, right? We need child care. We affordable child care student loan relief we need we need health care we need child care. that's why people are telling you exactly why they don't want to have kids and instead you're like okay we're gonna force them to have 
like rather than deal with the issues, right? Like I am someone who very quickly, you know, had a child. And then I realized I was like, oh my God, this shit is really expensive. Yeah. You know, Campsy just started preschool. $300 a week. Did you know that's how much it costs? That's crazy. 300. That is that that is like a mortgage. That's like your mortgage. Yeah. Oh my God, that is crazy. So we pay $300 a week for Campsy School. And I'm not even saying that, like, that is, I know someone saying that they're like, oh, you picked that school. No, like 200 is like average, right? Like you could probably, if you're willing to like scale back and have like the most, put your kid in the most bare minimum daycare, yeah. maybe I feel like the lowest you could probably get is 150 a week. Mm-hmm. you know like it's expensive and it's something that I had no concept of at all until I had a child right so if you think about I'm like I have one kid right I'm already in my 30s if I would have another kid I'm, you're gonna be paying that multiple like for multiple children and this is this is the thing about like student loan relief in like the fact that we don't have like this health care, like the health care that we need, and the fact that we don't have um the child care that we need, and the fact that like our educating education system is so stupid, is because we're a country that is so conservative and is so about the capitalist idea ideas that we give you knowledge, you go into the workplace, you work hard, you you move up, you pay your taxes, those taxes trickle down. Is that they never enforce that trickle down shit? Like, like baby, they, the, the I'm waiting. They, when is it gonna trickle the, down? The way, like you know, people go to school if they get good grades, they go to college or whatever, and they and they they get high paying jobs and they can they can grow the economy. Like right, like you say, no, nah, we're not gonna do that either. Like these are like the capitalist fundamentals, right? right. Like, like. You, you know, you know, labor, women, if they're half your labor and they need to have children and we need children to populate, we need to make it easier for them to have children. It's common sense. Like I truly, truly, and this is something that I, I almost feel guilty every time thinking about the fact that I, I was so unaware of how difficult, like having children, like how unconducive America is for like trying to grow your family until I had a child. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this shit don't make any sense. I'm like, okay, like right now I'm trying to look for a job. I'm like, okay, who has maternity leave? When you talk about like, all right, I had a a C-section for my first and I'm someone who will always have to have, if for any subsequent children, I will have to have a C-section, right? So I, I truly do need six weeks of at least, and that's six weeks of them telling you like, you know, ideally six weeks of healing time, right? Yeah. So if a job is already talking about like, we're giving you a month of maternity leave, you're like, what do I have to do with that? I wouldn't even have healed from surgery at that point, right? And people aren't talking enough about like, you need to fight for these benefits. Instead, we're like shaming women for not wanting to have children, calling them lonely. Like so stupid because they'll say, well, if we make companies do that, they're going to fire a bunch of people. These same companies exist in Europe and have those same benefits. Like someone's arguing, talking about Amazon, Amazon will fall apart if they start unionized. 
Amazon employees are unionized in Europe. Period. What are you talking about? They already have them. They know how to deal with this. When we talk about that year of being home, like a, yeah. like the fact that Canada and the UK they do a year of maternity leave, that needs to be the standard. The standard. Right? Like the best blessing I had is that I got to be home with my kid, and I see, I you could see the difference in a relation, like being able to be home with your child. That should be minimum a year of maternity leave, right? Yeah. Me being able to like and be and being able to be home with my kid, getting no income for a year, right, is most people can't afford that. So I understand that that's a privilege that I had. And I'm like, that needs to be the standard for everyone. And other countries are doing it. And I feel like we fall into this nonsense in this country where we allow them to just tell us that it can't, it's not possible, even though other countries are managing it. The payoff is so much better, guys. If, if people are telling they're not, if you care about people not having children because you think it's the worst thing in the world. And to be honest, whether it's good or bad, mas o menos. Or, you know, you can, you can provide people the, the things they need to have children. Or if you can't do that, the other option is you can just loosen immigration laws, but y'all don't want to do that either. Right, right. But I will say, like, I know people won't like this, but I will be honest, like, it is a bad thing. Like, I will definitively say it is a bad thing that people are not having children, right? Yeah. Because you do get okay. into the issue of, like, you know, what's happening in a lot of the Asian countries now, right? Like where the majority of your population becomes older people and you don't have enough of a labor force. That is a huge issue. Like it, it just is like, you need to have people having children. I just really am pissed that the way that they've decided to do it is to be like, you know, let's get rid of Roe v. Wade. Let's force people instead of making just like making changes to make it more conducive for people to have kids. Which to me, it's, it's crazy that that is a progressive stance because nothing, nothing, like I don't give a fuck whether people have kids or not. You know, I, mean, I don't even know if I'm having kids, you right. know, but I'm like, it seems like if y'all say your family's supposed to be the core of this. Which I definitely movie, like push you, you because I feel like you do need to have kids. I push you all the time. I know you don't know if you want to have kids, but I think you do need to have kids because I think you'd be a great father. And I really do think that like, it sucks for me because every time I hear the people who in my life say that they're like not sure that they want to have kids are the people who I think would make great parents and will put like a good output into the world. Um, and then the people who are like, oh, for sure having kids are like literally the worst people I know. You know? So... I get that. I get that. You know, like the people who are like, oh, I want five kids. And then I look at that and they're truly like the worst person people I know. <laughs> right? Like, I feel like a requirement for having children should be the pause of being like, oh, should I? <laughs> true, true. Right? Like, when you enter into this being so confidently, like, I want six children, I'm like, it's, there's a lot, there's a naivety to it. Right. Like, <laughs> it's also like, you are not going to do the work that I think it takes to put out, like, positive yeah. people into the universe, like, into the world. Yeah. You're down to raise some bullshit if you're so casually, like, oh, I have six kids. Yeah. Right, like I have one kid and I'm like, yo, this is a lot of work. Cause I'm just like, I wanna make sure that I'm not raising a horrible human being. And that takes yeah. a lot of work. I don't know that I have the bandwidth to do that more than once. 
right? Like, but if you're not thinking like that, I'm like, mm. most people aren't. They're like, let's just have a bunch of kids so I have people to take care of me when they're when I'm old. Um, speaking of things that can help people out, student loan forgiveness. For those who don't know, Joe Biden has released his plan for student loan forgiveness. Forgiveness dollars for people under making under 125000 and 20000 for people who got Pell Grants. And can we talk about how pe- this has resulted in people showing their complete ass? Yes. When I say that the pushback on this has been truly bizarre. Yeah. I have seen some of the strangest takes. Yeah. Like, so people be like, they don't know how, um, if this is a Christian, how they feel about death forgiveness because they're Christians. Baby, let's, the way way Jesus Christ was a whole Marxist and it just got lost on people. The way Jesus Christ died for your sins. (laughs) But you talk about, you don't know how you feel about debt forgiveness as a Christian. When I like, and this is the problem, it was truly the right was malfunctioning this week. It was like, and the Christian right was really losing it. (laughs) Because if you could literally like anything about Jesus, right? And you try to get to the place where you're like, I don't know how Jesus would feel about debt forgiveness. (laughs) He literally, there are literally stories of him whipping at merchants and being like i hate bankers like, like they're the worst if you want to take a real ass christian stance shouldn't even be student loans right they're trying to make you pay bills and father god you already paid for my sins come like, on you already paid the ultimate debt isn't that the whole isn't that the whole crux of christianity R- run into the wrong conclusion <laughs> but it so it's the right, it's the right saying people need to learn to pay their own debt. And then the White House Twitter account calling them out because they all had PPP loans that were forgiven. That part. When I say that that was the most exciting thing politically that I've seen in a long time, it made me finally, I'm like, okay, like it got me excited about it, right? I'm like, okay, the Biden administration, they're ready to fight back. All right. Democrats are finally getting a little spicy, right? Yeah. With retweeting every Republican who was talking about poor, like condemning debt forgiveness and putting the exact figure of how much their loan, their PPP was, and how much was forgiven is amazing. It's amazing. It's it's the type of because you're talking about. It's a level of pettiness, but it's not going down low to me. Like it's no. just very much, I'm just calling you out. You said loans should not be forgiven. This is how many loans you got forgiven. It's important context to anyone listening to you. They need to know that you're a liar, you're a hypocrite. Especially because they have tried to frame this as like being so elitist. Yeah. Right? Like that this is against working class America, which is so stupid because they have 90% of people who will be getting this loan forgiveness are making under 75K. So they are the working class. Go ahead. Let me get this off my chest. There's no argument I hate more. You know, I don't, I make decent money. I went to college, I make decent money. 
there is no argument I hate more than so my tax dollars got to pay for your degree. But let's talk about it, sweetheart. Right. I make way more money than you do. My taxes are pretty high. Right. But many of you to assume it is your tax dollars. It's my tax dollars. I pay more of them. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. It's my tax dollars, sweetheart. It's our tax dollars. Right. Like, we and are also contributing to this economy, too, and probably contributing more financially. So, yes, I should ask for that money to be paid for my taxes. Right, because we talk a lot about, like, we've talked about how I'm like, oh, God, like, honestly, and this is the biggest issue, I feel like, with the Republican Party, they're, they're dumb, is that if they weren't so racist... They can really like uh, engulf a lot of people because I'm going to be honest, like I didn't hit a different tax bracket, you know, my husband is working really hard. And now the taxes, like they look a little crazy. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm like, how much more money do I make before I start thinking real conservative? (laughs) You know, I worked in real estate. We get very big bonuses. Baby, the bonuses are taxed at 44%. They like it's gonna be this bonus, and you can be like, "What the? Where the fuck did the money go? Exactly. Why is my bonus tax at forty four percent? Okay, <laughs> and I try, right. I just, you know, I let it go. So, and a lot of times, I do feel a little bit of resentment when I'm like, I'm fighting for issues that are for y'all, right? Like this doesn't even benefit me. Yeah. Right. Because we're sitting up here, me and you were trying to do the calculations the other day to see if I could get my loans forgiven. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, do I still like, maybe I can figure out a way to try to get the income within the, you know, to qualify. Right. So when I'm here, like trying, I'm voting for you, you, I'm trying to help you. And then I'm seeing people being so hateful and angry about a 10 K forgiveness that it's, absolutely nothing it's also just takes two more levels of steps right i i'm i'm poor and working class i shouldn't have to pay for y'all student loans okay well then i'm not working class and i make a lot of money so i shouldn't pay for public schools uh, roads um food stamps yeah because we all pay taxes for things that's how it works exactly that's we all pay taxes for things that we don't use yeah i like, pay taxes I- for social security that i have not drawn out that's how this works I pay taxes for highways, right? That are dry, and I don't drive on the highway. I pay tax for Medicare and Medicaid. I don't exactly. I don't use any of those services. It's so dumb. Like I okay. And, let's just... and it ignores the impact. It ignores the impact of student loans. Listen, I work in real estate. When I tell you the way in multifamily and apartments, they will be like, multifamily and apartments are gonna be strong. Rent demand is gonna be strong because these millennials and their student loans and they cannot buy a house. This is going to knock off a lot. I mean, it's supposed to knock off at least half of the people will not have any more debt. And and the thing that is is frustrating, I will say about that, right? Is that um, when I heard that the average white American student loans is 12K, um it was frustrating right like I I did I was like damn you know what I mean because it does feel like well now they have no debt right and as a black woman I'm like I know all my friends their loans are in the hundreds you know like very casually I have a lot of friends that their loans are over 150k and that's just 
you know, a lot of my friends, that's just it, right? That's the reality of it. And 10K, even 20K with the Pell Grant is nothing for them, right? And this narrative being pushed and it's like, oh, well, you know, Black women are benefiting more from this. That's just not true, right? Like Black women have the highest amount of debt in this country, like school debt. But definitely 10K is not doing anything for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I get really, really frustrated with the people who are like, okay, this for the way the right is creating this narrative of like this being um, unfair and elitist. Yeah, it is. Uh, But not in the way that they're saying. It's unfair in the way that like we talk about people who are being like totally unburdened by their debt and it being white people I do feel like there is like a tinge of like you know thinking about like the inequities of this country that have led to the fact that like so many black women have so much debt and now we have like by giving this 10k or even the 20k Pell Grant there are now majority the only people who are now free of debt are white people who had student loans does that make sense Mm -hmm. Sorry, I was like, no, no, I get it. I mean, a majority of white people, I mean, mines are not going to be completely gone either, but a significant amount of them are gone. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the well, that's the well. I I do feel like they they did what they could to address that by making the Pell Grant because okay, Pell Grants are need based, yeah, right? So, that giving the extra 10 grand for if you have Pell Grants does. That was them doing their best to try to address that inequity. I think I think my issue with it more harmful to the, I guess, to black people as a whole was I thought the amount was quite low. Yeah. 125, $125,000. And this is also where like I listen to a podcast and hear people say it's it's under seven, going to people under 75000 So people who are middle income. And I'm like, oh, I'm the high wage earner now, supposedly. Right. But it... 125,000 is not that oh, that crazy in no. DC. Especially when you consider that like for me I I I'm, I'm qualifying. Had I did really well in one or two interviews right now, I probably wouldn't be. I'd probably be right over that amount in DC. And then I wouldn't have, have gotten the the student loan forgiveness even though in my opinion it should really be based off your parents' income when you apply to college to be 100% honest right. in my opinion. Right. Cuz otherwise it feels like I get I got punished because I got myself out of poverty. Right. That's a good You point. know what I mean? Like if I applied that pale phrase and my parents made less than $60,000 a year and I got my way through college and I became a doctor. Like yes, I'm making enough money now, but like the sin was done when I originally signed the paper to right. go to school. Right. And that's right. kind of my my criticism, I will say is a fair criticism. But even with that criticism, the thing I have been very annoyed with with the progressives is how progressives will not accept a win. Yeah. I've noticed like the social media progressive movement will not accept a win. And I get that things can always be better. Even with the complaints that we just made, like there are definitely things they could have done better. But, you know, reading Angela Davis, reading some of these other... um, books by Black activists, the one thing I specifically in Angela Davis is that reading her books, while she is upset, while she is so progressive, she always has a, like a positive demeanor. 
Mm-hmm. And she kind of is like, you have to. Like, it's a constant struggle, sweetheart. There's no place we're getting to. Right. You, right, you right. are just always fighting. Yes. And you can't sit down and, and smell the roses and be rational and say, hey, we got to win. Who's going to want to be a part of that damn movement? Right. It's And that's the part of it where it, you have to celebrate your wins, right? And I don't like the idea that we're like, well, it was only 10K, right? Like, no, it still matters, right? It's, you it's have- the most any president has ever done in the history of this conservative ass country. And this is also my biggest fear and issue with it is that you also like, if you do not, right? If, if the Democrats, if any party does not see positive, um, something positive come out of the fact that they did something like this, it won't happen again, right? Exactly. So I'm like, I know it's annoying, right? And I hate to be the bitch that's forever like, y'all need to vote, you know, but you have to because this sets a precedent, right? It's already with this 10K, conservatives are already gearing up in court to challenge it, Yeah. right? So we are working to set a precedent, and then if they see the net, if there's positive, if they see positive, um, yeah. I'm in the polls. I can't think of the word. If they see that in the polls, like the next candidate, someone will come and be like, I'm forgiving all the debt. Yeah, it's a step. Right? You think about when Reagan did amnesty, right? In the 70s. Mm-hmm. Right, in the 70s. My mom is a product of my mom was undocumented in this country for a while, and she was a product of the Reagan amnesty. And then Republic, all those people that Republicans gave amnesty to that they did not vote Republican. And going forward, Republicans have been anti-immigration ever since. Mm-hmm. Right? Because they did not see anything positive come out of that for them Mm -hmm. so we do need to make sure that like as progressives yeah we need to like keep our foots on their necks and we need to be the people who are like we're not taking like constantly i understand moving the goalpost right but you have to celebrate those wins and you do need to go out and vote so that we keep it going up yeah that 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 really is it's just it's it's been so annoying like it's also to me just personally like people do it and think they sound more intelligent than they are. Yeah, we're it's not hard to always find something to complain about. Yeah, it's not a hard task. It's not intelligent. Right, 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 right. Like it's not as you don't sound as smart as you think you sound. That's all. I'm, I also want to add that. Right, right. Like right, at right, the right, end right. of the day, as much as I am a progressive and I love progressive policy, sweetheart, nobody promised me that politics was going to go the way that I went. And I'm not old that, and that's not always going to be the final post. And sometimes we're just going to get halfway and we're going to have to be happy about that. Right. And then we get up the next day and try it again, because that is actually a progressive activist mindset is we are just consistently pushing forward. Right. Especially in a country that's as conservative as we are. Mm-hmm. 100%. So that, that has been annoying, but I'm glad, I'm glad we've got that. I'm glad climate change, they got the, the Climate Change Inflation Act bill passed. It has been good to see some progressive wind, especially given the fact that during the Trump presidency, I think for myself and many other progressives, it was feeling very dire. It felt like we had gotten our ass kicked. There was nothing else. People yep. were just so deflated about politics. And I feel like 
in the last couple of months, I've had a couple of things to be excited about. And I think like we need to push forward because at the end of the day, when individuals are the individuals who usually are the most, um, you know, just don't care about politics, don't vote are young people. And those young people tend to be progressive. So we heard the most from apathy compared to conservatives. Right. We just need to always remember that when we are, when something is passing and maybe it didn't go as far, we still got to be like, listen, it wasn't what we wanted, but this was a great push forward to keep them excited. Exactly, exactly. Um, so do you want to get a little lighter? More sure. of the student loan stuff is, also don't be a hater, right? Like do not do this, oh, I paid off my student loan. Okay, okay, so, this is my so last thing. Uh, this is my last thing. I, I wanted to mention this. I, listen, I just need it to be said. If no one else tells you, this has to be a standard of humanity. If you yourself go through a struggle, I don't care what that struggle is. I don't care if it's walking up the steps and slipping on ice and falling. If you slip on that fucking ice and fall and then get up and then someone come behind you, saw you slipping on that ice and walked around and didn't fall. And then your heart of hearts, the first thing you fucking said was, it's not fair that I fell. She should have fallen too. You are an evil person. You can insert falling on ice for anything. You are a nasty, e envious person. That is a terrible trait to have, to go through a hardship, see someone else not have to go through that hardship and say, I wish they went through it too. And this is where I'm like, are you guys not embarrassed? Like, like we've truly- You are a Disney villain. Right. <laughs> I'm like, yo, the individualism of Americans have run amok if we're getting to the place where you are able to openly discuss being upset that other people are not having to suffer the same things you suffered. Like, are you okay? You are acknowledging that it is a suffering too. It's not like you're saying, oh, this wasn't me. You are acknowledging that I suffered through this thing and saying it is unfair that other people are not suffering through it. And I wish for them, I wish for the suffering to continue. You are a terrible person. Unbelievable, right? Like, <laughs> and only here in this country where we allow people to be like so individualistic that it's not embarrassing for you to just be tweeting crazy shit like that. Like be so happy, like it's weird. It's weird, it's it's so weird. Okay. Do you want to end this topic by um this, I have to poke, hold on. Can Joe Biden call America first conservatives a threat to democracy with a straight face and a dry diaper. He's the one who has allowed millions to invade our southern border. He's the one who is robbing hardworking Americans to pay for Karen's daughter's degree in lesbian dance theory. Okay, I just want to say I am so happy that I only minored in lesbian dance theory and not majored in it. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Okay, I feel like we still got to cover this topic because this, yeah. this is in my heart. Two things that that video did a very good job at that I just, that I always am like, people really will hear information and will not go look at the data. First off, you got people really out here thinking people study gender studies. Maybe FIE was a very large school and I promise you we probably had 10 gender studies students. Most schools' business programs are their biggest programs. Most, if collectively, if you were to say, where do most students end up? It is a business degree. And then College of Arts and Science, because College of Arts and Science is literally Everything anything is, that yeah. does not have a school right. at a university. But most students collectively probably study business. 
like where is this lie from it's also this idea where they keep trying to like and it's like trying to paint democrats as elitist and trying to like create a class war that isn't real right this idea that is loan forgiveness is elitist and it's going to like the elites in our society which is just like bro that's not it okay it's also a kind of silly one that i think will backfire because like it's one of those things where if if a lot of people have something right they're going to interact with people who don't so like people know people who've gone to college and have student loan debt so you're saying oh what's this elitist who are getting it and then you go to the family reunion and it's your two uncles right it becomes very hard to like spin that web you know, it, 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 it'll, don't be wrong, it'll rally up Trump supporters. Right. But I don't know if that moderate middle that, you know, everyone's trying to fight for, I don't feel like it gets them. No, especially because, especially because it's like, if you have any idea, you know that $10,000 is not a lot of money. Yeah. Right. Like you have that idea. It's also like this idea, they keep bringing up like, um, why should the guy working at Starbucks have to pay for the, the Karen's daughter who went to Harvard and decided to study gender studies and fucked around for seven years and didn't graduate. And anybody with sense knows that $10,000 if you went to freaking Harvard is nothing. Ain't shit. Right, so like this narrative that they're trying to spit, it just isn't real and like it's, it's become unhinged. Right, like I read a tweet where, like, I think I sent it to you, where she was just like, "How does someone look at someone working at CVS or working on the railroad? Someone making a hundred thousand dollars look at someone working on the railroad and ask them for ten thousand dollars for their student loans?" And it's like, "Baby, who's working the railroad in 2022?" Y'all ain't even funding Amtrak. <laughs> <laughs> We ain't building no more railroads. And it's like, we talk about them being like the most, like a super regressive party and try to take us back to the 1950s. And it's like, oh my God, even their references are from the 1950s. Yeah. You know, they're talking about railroad workers, girl. Are you okay? Also, fun fact about that immigration thing, because I'm a person who I am, I was like, I want to see what states have the most immigration. Baby, the way data will free you, the way I want to punch every conservative in there. Oh place, my God, tell me, I need to know. Texas will talk about the southern border like it ain't nothing in the world. So the, the reason I got into this is because Greg Abbott's been sending immigrants yeah. to like New York. They've been yeah. sending immigrants to New York, these different states, and, right. and, and, and kind of been like, if you guys think you want to be this big liberal cities and you can do it, we're going to send our immigrants over here. We'll show you, which is just fucking evil. This that is so evil. Yeah. To play with people like that. Right. So you saw people, I saw people in the comments saying, yeah, like, I mean, if they say they want to be, you know, pro-immigration, well, let them deal with it, baby. First off, the, the biggest states to receive immigration are, are California and New York. First off. <laughs> Really? So Texas is not in there. It's not. It's not. It's not Texas. Florida is higher than Texas. It's not. It's not. It's not even the highest. Wow. And and this is the funniest thing. New York City. New York City. I didn't know that. New York City gets in more immigrants than the entire 
has more immigrants in it than the entire state of Texas. Oh my, that is shocking. The one problem people tend to forget about immigration is that not all Mexicans are people who immigrate through the southern border state in Texas. A lot of them come through that southern border and go to Boston. They go to Florida. They go wow. to California. They go to New York City. A lot of them don't stay in Texas. Wow. Good point. But Texas will have you believing that they are just inundated with immigrants. And none of the none of the other cities can, can even fathom how much we're just dealing with these immigrants. And New York City is getting way more immigrants. Wow. Like you've gone to New York City. It's just of course. everywhere. everywhere like, right. They're, right. They're everywhere. Barely speaking English, living their life, being right. productive citizens to society. <laughs> Wow. Math will always, the numbers will always set you free. I love that I am someone who will, who will always Google, Google search some data. But yes, so fun fact, that immigration shit is a lie. So let's talk about some, um, some lighter topics. Can we talk about, I want to talk about Garcelle Bouvet from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Actually, let me not, that is a disservice to her to say that she's from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because she is like, she is a black icon, right? Yeah. Garcelle Buffet is black famous as hell. Um, her son, I know you, you don't follow Bravo, but have you are you familiar at all with what's I'm been familiar. going on with her son? Yeah. So her son has been the target of racist bot attacks. Mm. Um, her 14-year-old son. And the whole cast has been showing their ass. So they don't like Garcelle on that show, and she's a fan favorite. And I will, I'm not going to jump to the, it's not like they're, they're necessarily being racist towards Garcelle. I think that they are jealous that mm -hmm. she's new and she's become like yeah. the favorite of the show. So Erica did curse out um, Garcelle's son. Do you know who Erica Jane is? No. Erica Jane, uh, it's expensive to be me. So she's a, a housewife who... Her husband was Tom Girardi. He's the lawyer in um, what is the movie with Big Smile? What's her name? Pretty Woman. Okay. No, what's her name? Julia Roberts. Is that Julia her? Roberts. Sorry, I couldn't remember. Julia Roberts. The movie she's in where they have a class action lawsuit and she's the paralegal in it, the assistant. I think I know what you're talking about. I don't know. I can't remember the name of the movie, but. She's the subject of, like, her husband is the subject of that, but, like, that's based off okay. of a real case that he had, right? So he's been known as, like, a huge Hollywood. Oh, I like explaining this to you because it's, like, something that's been out in a while, but you are not familiar, so I get to, like, yeah. explain it. So subject of that, he's a big Hollywood lawyer, basically, like, the Hollywood lawyer. And then it turns out he was a complete fraud and he was stealing client money. And yeah, so all the settlements, the class action settlements that they were getting, he was living off that money. And Erica Jane was on TV as a housewife being like promoting wealth and being the richest bitch. And it was off of stolen money. So she's on the show with Housewives of Beverly Hills and she's had pushback with Garcelle because Garcelle has been very vocal about being, um, not necessarily believing her stories. Right, because it's mm -hmm. 
her son now is being targeted. There's a new woman on the show, Diana Jenkins. Diana Jenkins does have um, the blind items. Do say there's some relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, allegedly. Mm. Right. And she has done some racist things already online. And now Jax's son, I'm sorry, Garcelle's son, Jax, on his Instagram has been attacked a racist tirade and it's very much clearly bots right mm-hmm. so someone paid for this um one of the comments that stands out the most to me is if if it wasn't for your white daddy you would have your neck kneeled on like george floyd on a 14 year old's page goodness gracious right and of course i don't i know a lot of people are just like are accusing some of the cast members of being behind paying for the bots. I don't think that's true. That's like ridiculous. I don't, I, I don't, I don't see that. Right. But my issue is when you see it happening to a cast member, regardless of what you have going on, not speaking out, especially when the racist so tirade is in your name. Yeah. Right. So it's a lot of people like there are all these comments are defending specifically Diana and Erica Right. And if it was me and I would had nothing to do with this and someone was attacking someone's child in defense yeah. of me, especially racist remarks, I would be Yeah. The first one to be like, this is like, don't do this. Yeah. I'm not in support of this. But they were silent for uh, they were the last ones to speak up. And even in speaking up, Erica is still talking about the fact that people did not um Someone made a comment on her post saying, I didn't see any of this um, pushback when it was the woke mob going against your police officer's son, right? And Erica being like, exactly. Erica's son is in his 30s. He's LAPD and it's, fuck LAPD. Everyone hates them. Like that's not, you know, also no one knows him. Right. So it's not like attacks. There were generic attacks of people just being like, F the police. It's not the same as racist tirades on a 14 year old boy. Mm-hmm. But it's just been very frustrating to see the way people are taking it and like the just the adultification of like a black child, people not caring that he is being attacked in this way. Because if it was one of their children, they would definitely be like, this is unacceptable so yeah it's just been very upsetting okay well damn that really does suck though um and i'm scared because it very much feels like she's gonna leave the show Garcelle. i'm scared um, that she's gonna leave the show because it is like you know you're still a parent and you don't want your children to be getting attacked mm-hmm and I feel like it's very much that was part of the plan. Like, why are you attacking her just for her kids? I just needed to say how upset I am about that. Like, I'm so mad at Bravo, everyone, for just allowing this child to be attacked and thinking it's okay. It's really all I had to say about that. Another thing I wanted to bring up is Barbie core. You familiar? I'm familiar. I did do my little bit of reading on Barbie core. Okay, so I do want to say, so basically like Barbie core is this push towards, you know, the Barbie aesthetic. Hyper feminine, very pink. Very, very pink. Very, very pink. Yes, like 
in the wake of like the new Barbie movie that's coming out, you know, everyone's embracing that aesthetic. But I do want us to kind of be mindful about the fact that we are getting into like, mm, I remember I was talking about how I felt like the anti-BBL movement and the natural mm-hmm. beauty movement is transphobic. Mm-hmm. I do worry that a lot of this like Barbie core stuff is like a push towards like, you know, anti-inclusivity, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're not just like celebrating Barbie in general, like all iterations of Barbie. It's very much that Barbie skinny white aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And that it still feels like we're heading in the wrong re- direction. It feels very regressive, right? Yes. Barbie is also very pro-capitalist you know so what i will say is i kind of it's funny that you mentioned barbie core to be discussed today because yesterday i was i was on i was on tiktok you know i was on tiktok and the girl was saying how she feels that we need more powerful and very feminine characters and she was talking about comic books and she was saying that in comic books, if a woman is a warrior or a major hero, she is not as feminine. And, and oftentimes she looks down on regular feminine things. For example, the character of like, I'm not like other girls. I like to play sports and they become yeah. the hero. And the girl who is into dolls or boy band is, you know, seen as being very vapid and stupid. And she was saying that it's like a harmful um, trope and that she wanted comic book characters that were also strong and, you know, fierce and able to yeah. fight, but were also highly feminine or more feminine to show that like those things aren't interchangeable or those things aren't um, exclusive to one another. And, see, and then like, the Barbie core thing came and I was like, oh, this is very interesting that these kind of tie to one another. Right, because it is that same push. And I, okay, so I agree with like, I don't like, I like, femininity is a spectrum or whatever mm-hmm. right but i do get nervous about the fact that like i do like the way what she's talking about yeah i don't like that i'm not like other girls right yeah and i did read a buzzfeed article um hold on i think i have screen but basically the buzzfeed article was um about barbie girl was talking about you know this is like the anti like i'm not like other girls you know mm-hmm. this idea that like we um, minimize things that majority of women like, or, you know, mm-hmm. I and I feel that, right? Like, I hate that, like, reality shows are seen as, like, a guilty pleasure, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, these are my sports, right? The Men watch WWE. Sports. And I'm going to say- And it's the same damn thing. Exactly. Even just- It's the sports, same thing. The way my husband is, like, fanatically into, like, yelling about little men on the screen, what they're doing, you know what I yeah. mean? I'm like, and I'm supposed to feel yep. guilty that I'm passionate about, you know, housewives. Like, exactly. Like, I do understand the misogyny in that. And I, I, I like that push. My issue is that when we're centering it around Barbie specifically yeah. is a very, like, that is a very specific ideal. And if you think about like where Barbie comes from is very much like the first Barbie, I think was like, it's made for men. It oh, was wow. supposed to be, yes. Like, I don't want to misquote it, but I know that like in my re- articles that I was reading, it's like the first Barbie was intended before it became mass produced for like children was a toy for men. Right. And that's where you get Barbie's proportions. 
you know, and Barbie being perfect. Barbie's also like, Barbie has a job, but Barbie, and you know, Barbie's like super pro-capitalist, right? Like Barbie gets in her Corvette and she's heading to work and she still works, but Barbie is still a a perfect, her main job is being beautiful, right? And keeping those, and Barbie isn't like a very inclusive character. And I think we do get back into that same thing where I think we're, we're, pushing towards like aesthetics that are very much like not inclusive and 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 regressive in ways of capitalism i think of like i used to play with barbie dolls even though they weren't associated with barbie doll houses like the houses and like being so amazed with them and that that was actually my first um if i'm being honest my first introduction and vision of like what type of house i wanted to live in. yeah i wanted to live in a house with two stories and to this day well, now I'm more one story person because I hate walking upstairs, but like that was how I imagined that house should be and I should have this car. Um, and yeah, you're right. It, Barbie also feeds into consumerism of this yeah. ideal life, um, kind of Instagram before Instagram or even influencers before influencers. I mean, you could kind of say that Barbie was an influencer before an influencer. Right, like, no, you she do was. Barbie associations with things, Barbie movies. Right, like um, Barbie wanted up. you to live in the big house, right? Mm-hmm. Barbie's also like, Barbie and Ken, right? Like there's a lot of propaganda, right? Of just like the heteronormative, you know, you got to find your Ken, right? Yeah. And now you guys are going to sail off into the sunset in your beautiful, fancy convertible car and your new house with the white picket fence. And now you have a dog and now you have yeah. 2.5 children. Like Barbie is very much that like American ideal and like consumerism yeah. and like feeding into a very specific aesthetic, right? Yeah. There are no fat Barbies, you know, like mm-hmm. there are no like non-binary Barbies. Like it feeding into a very specific aesthetic and I do think that as much as we, we convincing women that we are empowering them by being like ultra feminine, you know, and being like, we're into pink again. And like, I, I will say something because I feel like people will say, well, Barbie just did a Laverne Cox toy and Barbie um, did toys of different people. And this is. Agree. They have done a good job of trying to be more inclusive. The problem with the whole thing is, even in giving Laverne Cox a doll, the problem I kind of see is it does kind of allow Barbie to kind of gatekeep what is feminine, mm-hmm, what is a sure. woman. Like, like there's a point at some point, you know, like with the Grammys. At some point, we have to realize that the Grammys are important or whatever. But at the end of the day, they do not dictate what is good music. Right. They just dictate the Grammys and in in having that expansive view of Barbie you just keep giving them the power to determine what is feminine and what is a woman and they just don't have that power whether Laverne Cox has a Barbie or not she's a woman right period um and it's like here you go we gave you this right but that's also not the Barbie aesthetic that is going on right now right we're not talking about all the inclusivity Barbies it's It's a very specific we are going back to the original Barbie right With, with the pink like that hot pink of the 80s like you know you see Anne Hathaway is sitting front row at um fashion shows with those platform pink heels and that hot pink and it is we are going for a very specific barbie ideal that i and again it's fun right like i i bought a dress in that color those 
platform heels. Okay, like that the Balenciaga ones, I do have them in my cart. You know, they're in my Saks cart. I probably will eventually buy them. Like I enjoy the idea, but I do think we need to be mindful of like what they are trying to sell us. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And be like, it is feeling like the beauty industry is headed very much towards like uh we did the inclusivity, we're over it. Mm. All right. We're tired of all of y'all thinking y'all can be beautiful. Like we're going to minimalist makeup. We're going to, <laughs> to no BBLs. No BBLs. Hyper skincare. Like, yep. Right. Like we're tired of attainable beauty. Yeah. <laughs> and it's something to just like be mindful of. All right. So have you been watching anything fun? Let's end off on uh, what's been giving you joy. Ooh, that's a really good question. Have I been watching anything fun? Really just the anarchists. I'm still behind on P-Valley. Don't hate me. You need to catch uh, up on P-Valley. This is like, you need to, come on. We need to talk about it. Um, it's coming, I promise. But I don't think I've been watching anything crazy. I've really just been pre- preparing to go back to the office, which is a whole other thing to discuss at another time. But uh, no, I haven't been watching anything. Have you? Um, so I started the show Mo on Netflix. It's mm. based in Houston. Um, it is um, the friend from the the bigger, like the chubbier friend from Rami. Okay. It's his show. Oh. So it's set in Houston. He's undocumented in the show, which okay. I've never seen in a TV show before. You know, like obviously yeah. I'm Nigerian. I grew up in Miami. Like I had a lot of undocumented friends. It is what it was. Like, so it's like relatable. I've never seen it on a TV show, you know, like navigating like the world, like not having your papers. It's a really funny, good show so far. I've only seen two episodes, but I'm loving it. Okay, and I have to check it out. Love Island season finale is tonight, and the girls love Love Island. The American one is actually pretty good. It's giving UK a run for its money. I'm probably the only one will say this, but I think that the UK, the American Love Island, at least this season, is better than the UK Love Island because I think Americans are inherently more embarrassing. (laughs) Which is better TV. I just yeah. If that's the whole point is for, to watch people embarrass themselves. I, I feel like Americans that. are just more embarrassing. But I already know that the black girl that I love and the black guy that is Timmy, Timmy, he's giving Dominican. So I must say the black girl and the Dominican guy, I don't know how he identifies. Like you and I know he's black, but I don't know what he thinks he is. Yeah. Um, that couple is definitely going to win. Like there's no competition. So that makes me happy going into the finale, knowing like my girl's going to win. Mm-hmm. Well, all right well listen i guess we finish up with our topics if y'all liked the conversation we had please make sure to rate review share with friends yes we need five only five star reviews please (laughs) five star reviews on apple don't come with the four stars okay like if you don't feel like we deserve the five stars and you don't want to be generous just don't give us a review but we need five star (laughs) reviews let us earn your five star. <laughs> yeah, we we can we can wait. We can we can improve. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is only our third episode. Okay, we're only getting better. Absolutely. All right. Bye, friend. Bye. Bye.